Good afternoon, CLA. It is great to be with you here during the week. Really our first time recording in our brand new collab studio. Uh, what you see around you is really a makeshift uh, setup that we put together just for today as we are continuing uh, the process of building this wonderful studio. Cannot wait to show you the final results in uh, a few weeks. Hopefully by uh, August there we will have everything completed to get this going for the fall. But in the meantime, we're down here as promised for uh, part B of our series that we started uh, this Sunday, our summertime adventure that we are on together. We wanted to look at, uh, I really wanted to unpack for a few weeks uh, through my times uh, in these summer months, the idea of identity and calling. That's where I went on Sunday. If you missed part A, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen uh, on our website or one of the social media platforms that we have. But as promised, we are diving in a little bit deeper to uh, a part B, a weekday uh, opportunity uh, to come back into the topic and look at some some deeper perspective on some of the things that I introduced this past Sunday. And we are desiring to uh, continue this all through these summer weeks together. If you remember, on Sunday, uh, where I finished off was with a simple reminder that the journey towards identity and calling is that we are on process. This is not an event. This takes us through years and years of looking towards the things that God has in front of us, uh, discovering through the seasons uh, new things about ourselves, new things about what we're passionate uh, towards, and the areas that make us come alive. And that's where we ended off on Sunday. As I reminded you then, I wanted to look at seven stages of discovery. Discovering Identity and Calling. Now this comes from a Dr. Bobby Clinton from Fuller Seminar, uh, Seminary. Excuse me. He has so much uh, de depth of knowledge and wisdom in this area of, of his expertise. Also, in combination with John Mark Comer, Pastor John Mark from Bridgetown Church in Portland, uh, did some study from these guys. And these stages, I feel, are so important to look at, consider, uh, not only for our own lives personally, but as well to those that we are journeying with, our spouse, our children, grandchildren, those around us that we love so dearly. Let's look at these seven stages, and I will uh, conclude with some thoughts at the end. The number one thing about discovering identity and calling is this stage of sacred foundations. This is the family you're born into, the socioeconomic status that you grew up in, really the options uh, that it gave you or didn't give you uh, growing up. All of us come from a different background and we did not have control over what was given to us in those early days. Everybody was given what they were given. It uh, really focuses on our gender, some of the Myers-Briggs types that we discover through those identity processes. There's a really decades that uh, all of us were born into that are different, whether it was the 50s, the 80s, the 2000s. Uh, for some that may be listening back all the way to the 1920s, 
Nana, if you're listening, that was your decade. Very different than 2020, that is for sure. Sacred foundations, we, as I said, have little or no control over this. But it was the first signpost of pointing us forward to the identity that God had in front of our lives. Sacred foundations. Stage two was that stage of discovery. We've all been there for the most part, those who are listening. It's a messy time. It's long and at times an awkward stage. You have uh, almost like a, a Jesus in the Jordan River experience where there are moments of revelation. Maybe there's some prophetic uh, experience that happens where you are given some encouragement from those that you are journeying with that see something on your life that give you a perspective that maybe you haven't seen before. Really, you are discovering who you are. It's uh, at times a place where we wander in the wilderness, wondering what tomorrow looks like, what next year looks like. Some of us, uh, this season carries a lot longer of a time where we are maybe unlearning what we thought was of value. But we realized later on as we got a bit older that the things that mattered then don't matter anymore. We've all been there, of course. This is a time when people in your life are identifying the things that they see in you. I'm, I've heard this before. I'm sure many of you have as well growing up. Wow, you're really good at that. You should consider uh, investing energy, time, finance into maybe pursuing that in your life. Or on the flip side, hmm, have you ever thought about maybe doing something else? A kind way of saying, uh, probably not your best option. I remember those few moments. We won't get into that today. That is the stage of discovery. It can be full of success and failure in this stage, but it's a beautiful time of learning who you are. Stage three is the stage of stepping out where you start to realize what it is that you're called to do and you step out in faith and you go for it, where you take calculated risks. You say, you know what? I'm going to pivot my life towards this academic uh, path. I'm going to spend the next year or two across the globe investing into this area. I'm going to give a year of my life to, to missions in a third world country. I'm going to uh, move over here. I'm thinking about even this morning, Nathan and Shekinah, if you're listening, we're going, as they have, we're gonna move our lives to the island and start over into a place where we know God is leading us, investing into more post-secondary education and eventually uh, giving of our lives to an environment that really complements the things that we're passionate about. Obviously, for Nathan, he's passionate about the environment, about the animals and, and discovering how to protect and care for the environment that's around us. What better place to do that than in British Columbia? Shekinah is on her journey towards criminology and all the things that she's desiring as well. That's whom I'm reminded as, as I think about this stage of stepping out. You guys are stepping out and I'm encouraging anyone else that's thinking about stepping out. Would God give you the courage to go after the things that you're passionate about? Stage four is getting good, it's called. The getting good stage. 
Malcolm Gladwell made this famous in his Vienna study. I'm sure you've heard this before. Uh, if not, it basically is saying that it takes 10,000 hours in your life to really get good at something. Now, breaking that down, I did a little bit of math. If you are doing a 30 to 40 hour work week uh, to gain 10,000 hours of experience in a specific uh, area, it takes 10 years uh, to reach that mark. A decade of your life to get really good at what you are passionate about. Now, don't give up some of you younger audience that are watching right now. 10 years goes by quickly. And in that time, obviously, we have influence and we are able to, to be great at what we do. But there is that reality. It does take time to get to that place of excellence. Jokingly, I say that there's a reason why those who were part of the ministry I was involved with in those early years are no longer around. Uh, we've come a long way. I've come a long way as, lo as, as many of you have as well. It's certainly a time to be patient for those young leaders that are growing and investing into things that they love and bring fulfillment in their life. All of us have to consider that and surround them and encourage them. But do not be discouraged as you are moving towards uh, your craft and getting excellent at the things that you love in your life. Getting good. Stage five is called the wall. Now, this isn't really a stage. It's more of a, I would say, a, a, a bump in the road. Now, this can happen once, twice, three, maybe five times in one's lifetime where we hit a wall. Now, this isn't a place where we uh, we should be giving up. Often, what does ha what does happen is people do give up in this stage, and it's very uh, unfortunate when that does take place. But the wall stage, we need to talk about it because it happens. At some point in the journey, you hit this wall. It's not really uh, in any specific moment. It can happen at any time throughout our life. And this is where we lose a lot of people. But the perseverance of the wall season or stage of life is where amazing breakthrough can take place. We know that perseverance... Uh, produces character and the character of one's life is the thing that at the end of the day matters most most we'll get to that in just a minute but this can be a brutal and gut-wrenching time of life I can think about in in my 40 years of two specific seasons where I did hit a wall a wall of discouragement, of confusion, of, of really not knowing what tomorrow should and could look like because of the disappointments that surrounded me, the tragedies of life, the moments where we wonder why things are happening the way they're happening. But church, may I remind you that the reward on the other side of getting through a season like this, that is where character is built, as I mentioned. And please keep going, stay the course, focus on uh, the, the, the goal at the end, as the scripture says. Each of us have that opportunity. Stage six is stay, staying faithful and fruitful. The odds are that you are now probably in your 30s, maybe your 40s or 50s. That's where this fruitful, faithful stage really comes into place. It's at this point where 
uh, dealing with disappointment, dealing with pain has not, is not just an idea, but actually a reality. 30s, 40s, 50s, you are tired at times and overworked. Maybe you're raising a family. You're working on building that business, that career that, that you're passionate about. This stage of staying faithful and fruitful, uh, again, is so rewarding because on the other side of it is, again, that place where you start to uh, move from be, being, a, being a, a student now into becoming a teacher. And I cannot tell you the value of these types of people who have been in my life. Now at 40 years old, I do start to see things pivoting where the, the teacher uh, fulfillment is way more uh, attractive to me than it was being, being, a, being the student side of things where we're shifting. Now we'll always be learners and we'll always be ones who, who are discovering new things, but to be able to take the wisdom and the influence and the life experience and turn it into helping those young leaders before us and behind us is, is way greater than any achievement that we can uh, accomplish on our own. That is the stage of faithfulness and fruitfulness. Last two, ending well. Ending well is stage six. Now this is uh, a stage that honestly, through the, the study, not many people actually achieve. In the end, it's our character, as I mentioned, is what matters most. But it has to last the whole race or often the things that we accomplished, achieved, uh, we're, we're good at prior to a moment where character is questioned or character is compromised is often forgotten. And that's why the ending well stage, uh, even the discovery of Dr. Clinton as he did research all through scripture, the characters of the Bible, they say that only 30% of our scriptural uh, 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 characters that we read about and study, only 30% actually ended well. So that's not for me here to, to say, uh, to discourage us this morning. That's just to remind us that perseverance of one's life, walking and staying the course has more value than really anything else because the older we get, the more influence that we can uh, create for our lives and the more that we can impact those around us whether that's in our marriage with our children through ministry business ventures so so few people end well but i i say today would you make that a goal for your life for those of you who are in those older years finish well be present in the times uh in these times so that we can learn from you those that are younger and last but not least is the stage of afterglow. Now afterglow is that final stage that almost no one really experiences. Now this is an interesting one where, where the elderly still have the same influence at 80 as they did when they were in their 30s and 40s or in their prime. This is an interesting one I was, as I was studying it because I think about guys like Dallas Willard or Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, uh, even Eugene Peterson, who is still with us today, uh, this man in his 80s 
today, he has more influence now than he ever has in his life. There's this afterglow where the influence comes to you. The investment comes to you. Just really sit back and enjoy uh, what God has, has done in and through your life. And you are now like a guy like Mr. Peterson. Not a week goes by where he isn't spending time in his world uh, with dignitaries around the world, political leaders, uh, authors, great leaders in business and in church ministry. People just want to be around him because the glow of his life is so attractive and they want to learn from him. That's, that would be a, a, a wonderful achievement for, for all of us to receive from. But I, I share those stages with you to remind you that the call of God on our life has purpose. And we can find it and we're going to continue to discover it all through this uh, this, this summer uh, season together here at CLA. Identity and calling is a lifelong process. Uh, all of us, we have to remember that we have shifted from that ag- agrarian type of culture to more of an urban uh, culture for over the last hundred years where 90% of people were farmers. Now it's a 2% in North America are farmers. And because of that shift of family and that shift of, of, of investment, we just don't have the same type of community and, and, and doing life, village raising uh, that was so uh, dominant and present from the generations before us. We have to be thinking about this. This caused, this caused family breakdown. So it's very important, parents, that we are students of our children. We're students of those that we love and care for. Like I'm remembering just a few weeks ago with my son Beckham, who all of you know well, uh, that are part of CLA. I watched Beckham and his passion for analytics, his passion for sports, his passion for uh, statistics, and how he breaks down uh, all sports and athletes and those that are coming through college and those that are being drafted. And I say to myself, Tim, do not ignore what's on your son's life, but be a student of your children and push them and move them and give them opportunity towards the things that they care deeply about. I don't know how that's going to end up for him, but I do know that and I'm, I am starting to discover the things that they care about. And Devin and I want to make a place and a way for them to, uh, to discover more about these things that they care deeply for. God has invited us into this journey together. And I close with this. There's a story of a, a rabbinic teacher named Zusa. Uh, this is a very old story, but it's, it reminds me of, of how important it is to stay the course he was um, asked this question, in the coming world, or he made this statement, excuse me, in the coming world, they will not ask me, why were you not Moses? They will ask me, why were you not Azusa? That's interesting because that says to me that we are called to be who we are, not to be like the person we admire or the person that we think has uh, influence greater than we've achieved or to be like that, that guy or gal that we've looked up to our whole life. Now, of course, we can learn from those people and we can glean from them. But at the end of the day, God has called us to be who he created us to be. And with that comes a responsibility. And I say this, that when we stand before God, I believe he will ask us, However he wants to ask us, were you your authentic self? 
on earth? Were you that authentic person that was inside you? Have you taken your life and used it to be the best version of who you could be? Psalms 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's that invitation of Jesus uh, to go on this journey and find the goodness of God in our every day. And when we do that, we will discover the things that have eternal purpose and value. Let's all slow down and realize that there is so much goodness around us that is waiting to be discovered, church. I close with that this morning. Um, As I record here this week, whether you're watching it in the afternoon or evening, may this encourage you today. Uh, I love you. So excited for the remainder of our summer. It's going to be amazing. Just to remind you, this weekend is the market out in the church parking lot from 11 till 4. We need you. If you want to volunteer, let us know. Email name at info at clacalgary.com and we'll get you onto one of our teams. It's going to be an incredible time with our community. Be there. Come and join. Invite some friends and neighbors. I promise you it'll be time well spent together. God bless you. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great rest of your day.